sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into the early line right here on Sports Grid, hour number two. I'm Dane Martinez. I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, with me as always as we are here 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern time every weekday morning putting the fun and functional sports content and giving you what you need to hopefully win a little bit of extra cash day by day. Kev, a week from today, the NFL kicks off. Let me say that again, Kev. A week from today. The NFL kicks off. If you're not ready, if that catches you by surprise, you are not alone. And I honestly think, Kev, the idea that we are not seeing preseason games, right, kind of as that mental marker, that mental Mm -hmm. signal, that mental alarm clock, that, oh, snap, are you ready for some football? That didn't happen. Right. So maybe it's getting people caught off guard. I'm getting a ton of more fantasy questions right now. The spin statistician. We're going to try and help you out here all season long as it relates to fantasy football with our guys on FST. Keep it plugged to Craig Mitch, Joe Pisapia. You'll always be able to get the insight you need from the spin statistician as well. We'll find a way to work that in. Right, Kev. But here's what I want to ask you. You just asked me in the commercial break. What's up with Ronald Jones now? And the reason you asked that is because Leonard Fournette was not unemployed for long. He cleared waivers. There were rumors of a couple of teams wanting to talk to him, wanting to sign him. But ultimately, Leonard Fournette, like everybody else, is signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a one-year deal. Talk to me about what this means for Fournette, but more importantly, what it means to add another piece to this Tampa Bay offense under Tom Brady. Yeah, you know, it is funny. It it felt right like every single offensive player was supposed to sign in Tampa Bay, and I do not feel like that is exactly what happened. Like, Todd Gurley was supposed to go there. Oh, okay. Oh, Devonta Freeman will be, oh, no, not yet. Like, and then, like, they just kind of ended up with LaShawn McCoy, but, you know, credit to the Bucs for being like, look, talent's talent. We're going to add talent when we have the opportunity to do so. Um, Running back's kind of been the one question for this team throughout the offseason. That's why Keyshawn Vaughn became everybody's favorite player in the world. Uh, I think that Leonard Fournette comes in here. I'd be pretty surprised to see him have anything other than, uh, you know, the lead back role. Although would Bruce Arians, you know, randomly mix this up more than people would want? Possibly. But as long as, you know, this kind of back alongside Brady, I think is going to be ideal. Uh, I, yeah. you know, and I just think you're looking at a, at a Tampa Bay Bucks team that just have a lot of talent all over the field. Yeah, they absolutely do. When we talk about vets coming in, uh, Kev, don't forget about Rob Gronkowski as well being added to this Tampa Bay roster in the offseason. I'm going to ask you a simple question that will give you insight as to what I think Fournette can do with Tampa Bay. Um, In Leonard Fournette's career, since high school football, has he ever been on an offense where he wasn't the undisputed focal point of that offense? In Jacksonville, clearly he was, right? Even with, whether it's Gardner Minshew or Blake Bortles, if you were playing the Jaguars, you had to stop Fournette. If you were playing LSU, you had to stop Fournette. 
Okay. Now defenses will have to stop Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, right? Now, with that allocation in your back end, as we welcome the radio audience from around the country, you're not going to be able to drop down that eighth man to stop Leonard Fournette. I believe Leonard Fournette is going to see, you know, valleys and lanes that he has never seen before going all the way back to Pop Warner football. So, Dane, I, I as you were kind of making that point, you had, you started, you had me thinking, you had me thinking here about some Leonard Fournette possible props. Yeah. Let me just ask you this on the surface. If I were to tell you Leonard Fournette leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns, is that crazy to you? In rushing touchdowns? Yes. No, that is not crazy to me because Tampa Bay is going to have a big time offense, right? We've talked about the size of the pie, right? And then Leonard Fournette is best equipped right, to be that team's goal line back. So when you put those two characteristics together, right, and, you know, mm. how many times is there going to be a pass interference against Mike Evans in the end zone, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then they're going to turn and hand the ball to Fournette to plunge it in. I, I don't think it's crazy. I don't know what the odds are. I don't know if he would be, like, my, my pick. But, no, it's not crazy to answer your question. I think he's going to end up, for a lot of people, uh, starting to get heavily considered after we go through these numbers, though. He is priced okay. at the same exact numbers as – Harry on Johnson and hmm. J.K. Dobbins. In sure. front of him are sure. Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, Devin Singletary, and Jordan Howard. Leonard yep. Fournette to lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns is 80 to 1. That's viable. That's very viable, but here's the thing. If you want it, get it now, Kevin, because it will move as soon as they, you know, they're probably checking all the markets, right, that could involve Leonard Fournette right now. Just like when the Padres made deals, they had to check all the markets, right, and find and move, say, the NL pennant or move everything else. And maybe you just caught a way to skin the cat that they haven't caught up to just yet. But I do think the difference of the offense that he is in, he's going to see, you know, because you have to respect everything else out there, right? You talk about Belichick. Well, people are going to have to pick their poison when they play the Tampa Bay Bucks. And as you know, Tom Brady, I believe, is smart enough to process it all and get people in the right matchups. And that is going to be the very interesting thing. This is a fantasy herd, Kev, led by the greatest of all time as their shepherd. It'll be very interesting to to see the Tampa Bay Bucks this season. We got more football on the horizon. It's only a week away. We continue to talk about it when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And we talk in NFL, Kev, because we are less than a week away from kickoff. Uh, you know, a week tonight, we will be seeing the ball kicked off in the air. And it'll be the first time we're seeing kind of a competitive football game since the damn XFL, uh, you know, about four, five, six oh my months gosh. ago. So we are excited. We talked about Fournette. I think you getting early on the 80 to 1 is a very interesting market. Now, like, is he someone that I'm going to tell you, like, would be my pick to lead in touchdowns? Not necessarily, 
right? You know, there's other people out there, Derrick Henry, Zeke Elliott. You know, I, I understand Lamar Jackson, for goodness sakes, right? Yeah. But when you put 80 to 1 on it, right, that is certainly worth the flyer when it comes to value. Yeah, what else did you want to say about that? I, I want I want to ask you, and, and I don't know, but you actually might know here. If you put What's that up? in at 80 to 1, and then yeah. he closes at, let's say, 20 to 1, do you think then you can cash out? No profit. I don't, I don't know that they can do that. I don't know that they're going to monitor the league leaders in touchdowns throughout. I don't know that this is a cash out futures market. I don't know. I honestly don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, that would be a good time question for John Sheeran. You can see John Sheeran a lot on the morning after. So maybe we'll mm-hmm. ask our good friends, Jared and Ariel to forward that question. Although to be quite honest, I don't want to put it on yeah. his radar, but I digress. I'm sure. You know, don't tell him anybody. Nobody knows. As we are Nobody friends knows. and partners with FanDuel. Another <laughs> listen, there's some quarterback situations we want to discuss because again, we're only one week away and we have some clarity in LA as it relates to the Chargers. You know, this is one of the things, Kev. That if you were, in fact, watching Hard Knocks, and it's a little bit different, you know, Hard Knocks, maybe not the focus for a lot of people anymore because there's no preseason footage and stuff like that. But what's clear is even Justin Herbert says himself, okay, that the playbook is a lot for him, that he's still yeah. learning, that he's digesting, and that, listen, that's not shade on Herbert. It's tough for a rookie, especially a rookie coming from a college setting where you had a completely different style of offense. You had placards on the sidelines, you know, calling plays. So this is different. Yeah. Terod Taylor is now the favorite, they think, to start all 16 games for the Chargers this year. What do you think about that? I think it's the right decision. Give the kid a full-on redshirt year. We've talked back and forth about what we think are the fortunes for the Chargers this year, and I must acknowledge, I got to put this on tape because you know how bullish I am on the Chargers, right? I'm backing away a little bit, Kev. The Derwin James injury, the Derwin James injury is really important to me. It really is, especially when you're seeing all these passing offenses, okay? Uh, I still think the Chargers are going to be contenders for the playoffs with seven teams, but the Derwin James injury does give me cause for pause. But what do you think about this? Because I still don't think they're going to be like three and nine at one point and make the switch to Herbert. Do you buy to Rod starting 16 games for the Chargers? I do. Mm. Anthony Lynn loves him. He's wanted yeah, him true. to be the starter for a long time. Like he brought him in uh, to back up Philip Rivers when it really made no sense. He's, I think, he's wanted uh, Tyrod to be his guy for a while, and I'm not sure Anthony Lynn has the job security of like, okay, well now I'll give your rookie a chance. Like I, I think that he's ready to go out swinging here with Tyrod Taylor. So I think he's going to look to start him as much as he can. I don't want to take us down a rabbit hole. Um, but, but the Derwin James injury quickly, you know, it's like, Hey, what do you think about Earl Thomas? Blah, blah, blah. Like mm. something is up, right? Like we said, it was pretty weird that they felt at that fight. Like they couldn't like keep Earl around. And now here yeah. we are. Like, how did Leonard Fournette find work that much quicker than Earl Thomas? Like maybe it's just a difference because of, uh, contract expectations, whatever Maybe-y. it might, but like. Something is up that we are not hearing about, you know, still one of a a very high level safety not being on a team yet. 
Um, my knee-jerk reaction, Kevin, that is a good point you raised, right? Because there are still people out there, and we're only a week away, right? I think the general answer to your question would be yes. It's about financial honesty. <laughs> you know, looking yourself in the mirror, right? Because with Earl Thomas, that would be my answer. With Jadavion Clowney, that would be my answer. With Devontae Freeman, that would be my answer. And we've seen quotes with, you know, Clowney and Freeman where the finances <laughs> That's right. Are Clowney's not on the block. team. Right. But that's what it is. That's the stumbling block also. Right. I think even Bruce yeah. Arians, who we knew was in the running back market, they just signed Leonard Fournette, literally said, we'll take Devontae Freeman at the right price. You know, so I do think the financial considerations are really there. That's not the only team that had talk about their starting quarterback. You know how you said Terod Taylor is uh, Anthony Lynn's guy mm. well, in the offseason. One of your guys. And I'm not going to the place you think, but one of your guys. Nope, not going to the place you think as I see some of the graphics getting cleared. One of your guys has been Dwayne Haskins in Washington. You've been high on him. You're like, I hope he really shuts everybody up and takes that step forward. Well, looks like Ron Rivera is comfortable giving him the chance. He named Haskins as his starter. What do you think of the call? I think that I would like for them to play anybody other than the Eagles week one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Can I call him your guy? Because you have yeah. been, you've been, you've yeah. been like rooting for him. Shall I, I'll say mm -hmm. it that way. Yeah. No, I like Dwayne Haskins. I think the guy who broke all of Drew Brees' Big Ten records, like I was in on. I, I'm okay by that. <laughs> and I don't like. I think that it's ridiculous that he quarterbacked like seven games. Or like, yeah, probably time to move on from this guy. What? And and like, meanwhile, everyone's like, yeah, he's got no weapons, but like, we probably should move. Like, what? This is ridiculous. And like. Man, I've been trying to not admit it to myself, but this NFC East, I think it's going to get weird. I really do. And <laughs> I don't want it to, but I'm telling yeah. you, I it would not shock me if at the end of the year we see one of the Giants or the Washington football team sat up there at the top. It would not shock me. Because we've got two year-two quarterbacks, and quarterbacks make leaps in year two. And I think Dwayne Haskins has talent. And, and Daniel Jones did impress me more than I thought he would in the games that he started for the Giants. And I, I think this is the right call by Ron Rivera. Listen, Alex Smith, what an amazing story. Like, you really can't sure. put it into perspective. Like, it's not like, wow, we didn't think he'd play again. Like, he almost lost his leg. Like, it's 17 an amazing 17 surgeries, absolutely. Like, the, the move for this team is Haskins for 16. Yep. And I'm interested to, to watch that play out. Yeah, I agree with you. I think job number one for the Washington football team, well, besides maybe exercising their ownership and finding a new name, besides that, right, job number one is to figure out if Dwayne Haskins is your franchise quarterback, right? Yeah. And I think Alex Smith in that locker room helps that process. I think them bringing in Kyle Allen with familiarity with Ron Rivera and the offense and the flow of the team helps not to be a threat, but to help the development of Dwayne Haskins. Okay. So we will continue to see that. All right. They're declaring with the chargers. They're declaring with the Washington football team. One team that it is not declared with yet is another one of your boys. Now you could put the graphic up because in Chicago, they are saying they're not going to announce a starting quarterback until next week, right into week one. And FanDuel has this market reappear. Mitchell Trubisky versus Nick Foles. What I'm understanding, Kev, is that Nick Foles is playing better, but they're kind of holding out hope that Mitchell can take this job. I personally think it's going to be Foles. I think he's the better talent. I think Nagy and Pace have their jobs on the line as well. But 
If you look at these odds, Nick Foles is plus money in this prop bet of who will be under center for the Bears. <sighs> it's plus one. To- oh, I can't stand this team. Why is this guy not already announced the starter? Can we please move on from this Trubisky nonsense? He stinks. That's what it is. He's not good. And you messed up, and it's going to kill you forever because what went behind him was a dude who won the Super Bowl MVP, and then Deshaun Watson, who's been excellent in all of his games. And it's unfortunate, and that's what it is. But it's time to move on. You brought in Foles for a reason. That move cost you the chance at Cam Newton. Make him the starter. That way, we can take the Bears at plus 130 against everybody's darling Detroit Lions in week one. Because unfortunately, I then have to decide between backing either Matt Patricia or Mitch Trubisky in week one, and I won't do it. So start Foles. Stop this nonsense. All right, remember, option number three is also not betting on the game, but I digress. (laughs) I want to see your card for week one. And speaking of which, when we come back, we're going to tell you a prop bet for a quarterback that Kevin not only likes, but is going to rush to the window to bet today. And then we look at week one and see if Kevin is filling up his card already and what to look for. We'll do that when we come back. News update up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Once again, uh, we welcome you back here to the early line right here on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh, including our radio audience. And, Kevin, you know, we're going to continue on with the um, NFL news and notes and talks. But I'm reminded of something, you know, from the update that we just heard. Tom Seaver passed away yesterday. Um You know, one of the great Mets, obviously, of all time in the late 60s, you know, continued to be, um, you know, a big part of not only the Mets, but of Major League Baseball. So here at the early line, obviously, you know, we tip our cap and send our condolences to the family. Uh, Tom Seaver passing away yesterday. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the things that stood out to me when I saw this, you just kind of always pull up a guy's Wikipedia and you see the Cy Young teams, all that. Sure. Um, But when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, 98.8% 98.8% of the vote. And that was still at a time, right? right. Where they didn't love the unanimous thing. First ballot love. Yeah. Like yeah. Tom Seaver, like quite obviously one of the greats the, the game has ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. And fueling those amazing Mets to a World Series championship um, in their history. So we definitely wanted to make sure that uh, we, we, throw our voices into the song uh, serenading and appreciating Tom Seaver today. May he rest in paradise. Let us do turn back to the NFL because, you know, everyone is on the precipice, very excited fantasy drafts out there. And by the way, you could always hit me up at Spit and Speeds. You can hit up Kevin as well if you have questions. And we'll try and even maybe answer some of them on the show. We're thinking through right now, what will we do, right, Kev, along the football season? Are we going to have head-to-head bets that we track? Like, not like our point spreads, but just like when we disagree kind of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to really mm-hmm. plant a flag, right? I'm going to be sure to try to bring you guys some like waiver wire ideas, you know, early in the week for you fantasy guys as the spitting statistician. Maybe we'll bring in guests, you know, guys like Davis Maddock and the crew to do some DFS leans maybe on a Friday show. We're still working out how to make sure to help you win your leagues and win that cash in football season. But I do want to uh, talk about another team. 
another offense that I personally, I don't know what it's going to look like this year, Kev. And I'm talking about the New England Patriots, who yesterday decided to release Mohamed Sanu, one of their wide receivers. And you might be like, oh, come on, Dane. Mohamed Sanu doesn't truly move the needle. But if that's your thought, then you are proving my point. Because what is left for the New England Patriots at the wide receiver room, we all know about Julian Edelman. There's the kid, Nikhil Harry, who was drafted a couple of years ago. And that's about it. Okay. After that, we're literally talking about like special teams guys now. And, and, and this is with like the Jets signing former Patriot Chris Hogan, you know, uh, recently, right? So there were wide receivers out there. What do you expect from this Patriots offense, Kev? I mean, their wide receivers, like I said, are, uh, you know, Edelman, Harry, and who knows? We know about the running backs, right, <laughs> that they have here. And we know that the running backs of the Patriots have always been a fantasy herd, right? Sony Michelle is getting that injury-prone tag, almost the bust label. We know James White definitely does his job like the Patriots are supposed to do. I think there was a documentary, a documentary about that. But um, James White does his job. We know that. But... Sonny Michelle, we don't know about. Rex Burkhead, we don't know about. They bring in Lamar Miller, who just got activated. We don't know about. With, with Cam Newton, we think at the controls. What is this going to look like for New England on offense this year? Wide receiver-wise, there's a lot to be desired. It's kind of why everyone's excited about Brady and the Bucks because we know the leap that he is seeing in talent as it pertains to the skill positions. Yeah. Luckily, the... You know, Cam Newton has played with poor receiving cores before and has had success despite that. The Patriots have had receiving cores that have felt inadequate before, and they've been quite all right. And I do believe that this is going to be an offense that is not built on the skill position player's talent, but it is going to be built on versatility. Uh, that they have right. now with Cam Newton and how different their approach is going to be and okay. hoping to have an edge uh, in you know the numbers game that allows them to create offense. So let me ask you, because I'm, 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 I'm picking up what you're putting down, Kev, but it seems, and tell me if you think this is too far, it seems like you believe this may morph more into like a San Francisco-style offense where they're greater than the sum of their parts, and it's like the Shanahan scheme that makes it happen, or the Ravens, where it's like, yeah, their run game and all their shifts and stuff are literally a value add to the team, and somehow the Patriots offense will be greater than the sum of their parts because of like Josh McDaniels and what Cam Newton may or may not be able to do yeah I, i'm man i learned a real lesson uh, a couple of seasons ago when uh brady was suspended for the first four garoppolo gets injured right. week two and jacoby Brissett, jacoby Brissett thursday comes night in. Night, yeah thursday night game against the houston texans right and i i thought the patriots were going were to toast. get yep i mean ran out of the yep. building and the exact opposite it was like 24 nothing and it was a moment where you go oh well well bill had the edge because he knows how to use any guy on his roster, and right. the rest of the league's playing catch up against it. And I think the right. rest of the league, like that's why I think the Patriots are going to be very dangerous in the early beginnings of the season. Because I think that teams are going to be playing like catch up big time as it pertains to guarding Cam and the rest of this offense. 
Yeah, but I'll take it a step further here, Kev. It's not only guarding Cam, right? But in any situation, right, where there's uncertainty, Mm -hmm. where it's going to be harder than normal for people to pick it up, right, for teams who hit the ground running because of all sorts of reasons. We talk about the preseason games, coronavirus and all that. Who do I trust most to have their team ready to go? Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, right? Like this may impact them less than other teams. But I want to ask you, because you brought my attention to something as it relates to Cam Newton over with our friends and partners over on FanDuel, right? You have these quarterback props and the passing prop for Cam Newton, Kev, is 2,500 yards or 2,499 and the hook. 2,500 yards for Cam Newton. Now, you know, of the two of us, I'm the mathematician here. And, and, and what I know is that 2,500 is 250 times 10. 250 is an average to below average passing total these days in the NFL, unless you're a run-heavy team, which the Patriots might be. But that's 250 times 10. So I'm even accounting for Cam Newton maybe missing five or six games. And still having average passing performances to get over this total. I know this number was tasty to you. What are you thinking about this, Kev? I mean, Dane, this is simply not a passing yards prop. This is an over-under on game started. That is the only way to look at it. Likely, yes. If Cam Newton plays 12 games, this cashes. And it can still cash, by the way, in less than 12, uh, depending on kind of you mentioned it right obviously 250 depending on if this defense comes back are they down a little bit more do they have to throw the football a little bit more like if he's averaging 250 yards per game um which is not something that he's typically done in his career but still if he happened to be then like this is going to be a spot where i mean are are you kidding me like dane the number is criminally low like I'm just going to pull up quickly what Tom Brady averaged last year. Now, I know we're talking about different quarterbacks, right? But last year, you know, Tom Brady averaged 253 yards a game in this offense, okay? And the year before that was at 272. I understand. Different quarterbacks, no no doubt about it. But, like, you, you, this is where this changes the math. Because a lot of people, if I were to say, hey, do you want to bet a Cam Newton season total? Probably like, yeah, I'm worried about games. If I told you Cam Newton's going to miss four games, you're like, yeah, it's a lot. You will hit this bet if he only misses four games. If he plays 12 games, this goes over, period. I think you're right. I think you're right. And the way you frame this originally is the proper context, in my opinion. This is not anymore a passing yards prop bet. This is a games played bet, right? This is a games played bet. And the total in that market is like 10, 11, something like that. It's like 10 and a half, (laughs) you know, in essence. That's really what it is because I, like you, don't think that Stidham is a real threat, okay? I think when healthy, Cam Newton is the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. So the question is, will he be healthy for the entire time and it seems like you think this is kind of under respecting cam that he will be out there that's my only concern about this prop right the quality of the player even though he's throwing a like Nikhil harry you know and whoever's the tight end you know so i understand that for me the only cause for pause is as you mentioned the injury and the games played of it all but you're willing to you know you're willing to shoot your shot here Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is one of those things where, um, you know, you kind of mentioned some of the things we're going to be bringing the people, getting ready for football season, yeah. throughout football season. Uh, at some point next week, we're going to sit down and we're going to roll through a lot of these player prop markets. 
Uh, yeah. And because I, you know, I've been trying to been building up a short list of some of them that have really stood out to me. Um, I am someone I love, you know, it, everyone loves to beat a good closing number, but I, mm-hmm. I usually like to wait. I, I want as much information as possible. Uh, this yeah. one, there is no time to wait, especially just being honest here. But as we're doing this segment and more people are looking at it, more people are going to touch this thing. And the more likely this number then is to climb. The, the only other thing I would ask you, Dane, is kind of yeah. along the lines of the topics we've been discussing here, is does this number get a boost if they, you know, the Patriots say, okay, Cam's the starter? Or do you think that is baked in because everybody assumes he's the starter? That's interesting because technically they're listed as co-starters, right? And so if technically it gets denounced, would that be? But that would assume that that was part of this handicap, right? The threat of Stidham. I personally don't have that, but maybe the books Mm -hmm. do. That is a good point. One other thing I'll say here, Kev, to get now, okay, in week one, is the total for this Thursday night football game a week from today. Chiefs and Texans, it is now 53 and a half. It is the highest total on the board, Kev. But a couple days ago, it was 55. Then it was 54 and a half. This is moving down big time. It was the highest total on the board. And the idea that right out the gate, (laughs) these teams are going to put forth a 30-something, 20-something game, I always thought was a little bit of a stretch. I was on this under, and it is moving in that direction. If you agree with me, like Kev said, it is something to get now before the movement continues we will come back we got more to talk about here kevin walsh and dane martinez right here on sports grid on the early line come on back sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back, everybody, right here on the early line, giving you the edge on sports grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And Kev, let's turn our attention to baseball, right, where there's only like 25 games left. So we're, I hesitate to say maybe the stretch run, but especially with the basketball and the hockey playoffs, right, with football on the horizon, people may lose sight that we are approaching crunch time in Major League Baseball as well. And Kev, you know, you have been pining for these division markets to come back, right? Because remember, we made the point about Minnesota and how they now have fallen into like third place, but they were listed as favorites. We talked about, hey, are you going to buy the Rays over the Yankees, some other efficiencies that we could find? And Kev, the market is back, right? The division markets in baseball. And I want to draw your attention, Kev, to the National League East. I want to draw your attention to the National League East and specifically the Philadelphia Phillies, okay? Honestly, I think their number is too big, Kev, um, because as I look at the standings, the Phillies are only three games back of the Braves. But remember, the Phillies had a pause also, right? So they have three or four games in hand, I believe against the Miami Marlins, who they were supposed to play when the Marlins had COVID, if you remember, right? The Phillies didn't play those first couple of games. So they have games to make up. They're standing three games back of Atlanta, but at plus 550 or 5-1, to one, I think that is too much. And, Kev, the Phillies got a win yesterday, 3-0, where Zach Wheeler outdueled Max Scherzer. These teams play again today. The Nationals are in the basement. They ain't seen Scherzer. They already got through that hurdle. Do you think there's value in the Phillies? I absolutely do. Um, you know, Dan, it's fun when you and I are on opposite sides and, uh, you know, 
we, we get to laugh uh, kind of through it all. But it, it's it's also very enjoyable when you and I can be in lockstep here. Uh, yep. And we're both looking at this Phillies team as a team to bat. I, I mean, let's look at this from, from all different angles here. I think they're the hottest team in baseball. I know the Braves and the Dodgers with four win streaks is a little bit better, but the Phillies have I won eight of their last nine games. Eight and two okay? in their last ten. Yes, there you go. Right, and they've won eight of their last nine. Also, this team now has created separation as it pertains to the rest of the National League. I understand they're only one game up the Marlins, but we've started to see from the Marlins that there is definitely something to the idea that they're going to have to fall back. So they're like the five spot now, right? Because the Padres and the Phillies are now kind of in, Mm -hmm. whereas in the American League, we think we know all eight. Right. We're starting yes. to take off the boxes, the lines of in the National League where we feel, you know, that 95 percent playoff probability thing. Right. Yes. So now outside of division leaders, we've known that the Padres will be there. You're now saying you think the Phillies are kind of like in the clubhouse a little bit. Right. Eighty five point five percent chance to there make the playoffs here. They have yeah. left the Nationals completely in their rearview mirror with a six game edge on them. They're three and a half up on the New York Mets. That yeah. and we know all they need is the second spot, okay? And they can right. still get in there with the third spot. Now they have the fifth best chance, they have the fifth best record in the National League. And this is a team that has talent. Aaron Nola has started to be great, Zach oh, Wheeler has been an incredible signing for them. Bryce Harper's yeah. doing the dang thing. Like this team has pieces. I, you know, recently, I mean, I know who cares about fantasy baseball. Recently, I threw Andrew McCutcheon and Gene Segura, uh, you know, in my lineup. And those boys have been fantastic for me. Nice. This, this Phillies team is legit. I like this group. I've liked this group coming into the year. And there's, a, I think that there's a lot there that they've now shown that we should continue to like this team. All right, fair enough. So the follow-up question, Kev, is how do we play it? Are you going to play these Phillies in a division market, potentially at 5-1 to one, to catch and leapfrog the Atlanta Braves? Or do you just think, like, they're hot? So you know what? I like a minus 160 today with Zach Eflin on the hill against Annabelle Sanchez. Like, how are you trying to make money off of your opinion on the Phillies? Well, I, I think, Dan, and I want to talk to you because you're the one who made the point here, but let's yeah. look at the division number. Look at how big yeah. it is. Look at the gap. And also what you pointed out, the game's in hand here for the Phillies. Yeah. Um, I think it's viable. Yes. Yes. I think, let's put it this way. And, and this is a, 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 um, a disclaimer that we have to say a lot in the sports investment world. Okay. Um, do I think the Phillies will win the NL East? Maybe. Do I think they are a value at their current price? Yes. And those are two different questions. I just want to make that point very clear, right? It's popped up a number of times, right? Like with uh, Leonard Fournette at the 80 to 1. Do I think he's my pick to lead the NFL in touchdowns? Not necessarily. But at 80 to 1, I think it's worth it, right? Same case here with the Philadelphia Phillies. Same case on some of these NBA series prices we are seeing, right? There's the difference between a prediction and finding value. So, yes, I do think that is value with the Phils at plus 550 because of the four games in hand, because they're only three away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even little things like the Braves don't have their ace Soroka for the rest of the season. Now, Max Fried has picked up the slack. But, yeah, this is value in my opinion, Kev. Absolutely. Right. And listen, now the Braves, I think part of the reason that number is what it is, is they do clearly like this Braves team. 
And with good reason, 22 and 14, they've won their last four in a row. But I do think the games in hand is, is, is something that really does push me in this direction. With the four games at hand, if the Phillies go out there and, and they can, you know, make up those games and play well, then they're going to be able to cut this thing in half, right? Without the Braves having even played yeah. a game. So I just think there's a lot to like there with this Phillies team um, in this spot. And, you know, also, I think I'll just make this one point. The, the talk a lot has been about this team as far as the bullpen goes. But when we talk about, you know, big name pitchers, the Nola Wheeler duo is. Yeah. There's Harry out of there, too. The yeah. best one, too. Maybe a in, playoff what, in the team? division. Right. Well, Paddock no. and Clev, right? The Dodgers. We're like, well, wait, who is the Dodgers one, too? Because Bueller's Bueller not Kershaw? Ben Bueller this year. Bueller and Kershaw right, are still the one, too. But is Walker Bueller I, I, still, still I would ben? still put Bueller. Yes. I mean, I'm he was on saying. the DL. He's coming off the DL, right? I he was coming that. off the DL, but no. I, and that's the thing, like, that's the same kind of thing as I would say about Garrett Cole, right? Like, has he been, uh, has he, you know, not performed above expectations this year right now? Maybe fine. But I'm not going to say he's still my one going into the playoffs. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to discount it that much. But to answer your question, I can see them being competitive. I would pick a couple of other duos, maybe ahead of Nola Wheeler. But you're, you know, you're making yeah. that point. All these teams will have some kind of stud at the top. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, they, and, and, and you're right, though, definitely with, with between the Dodgers and the Padres. But look, they still have a 1 2, right? And yeah. that yes. was what they were hoping to achieve by bringing in Zach Wheeler. And I think, you know, it's hard to say they've done anything other than that. No, I think that's fair. And Arietta is there as well. You know, the other team in the National League, Kev, that everybody's on, everyone's threatening, you know, things could make a move here is a team we've been talking about, the Fathers, right? And I want to bring them up because after an 11-4 victory that they got yesterday against the Angels, and interestingly enough, Jason Castro had the game-winning uh, ribby, I believe, with a double, and uh, he's a former Angel, so he did that against his former team. And today... Mike Clevenger toes the slab for the fathers, okay? So they've got a big matchup, and they're a new addition on the Hill. Do you like him, his first time out for the pods? I am very interested in this year. Um, I I do believe that he is going to perform for this team. I do wonder if he finds himself with maybe a little bit too much kind of juice in the tank um, as he goes into this game, and could it lead to some mistakes? Possibly. The one thing is, look, we don't have lines for this now, but I did laugh a little bit yesterday as the uh, Angels, for the first time, uh, were not priced like the best team in baseball. And they actually had an early lead in this game, but they ended up losing 11 4. Um, I am just, I'm very curious to see here, um, you know, when it comes to these teams that sold, are all of them just Mm. monster, monster fades? I think so, specifically like Arizona as well, right? Because if you believe, Kev, what we were talking about with teams like the Padres or the Blue Jays, right, who make moves and the kind of boost it gives them mentally, right, you have to then, if you respect that, if you believe that's a thing, then you have to respect it on the other side, right? And believe that if you're selling away Robbie Ray or you're selling away, you know, whoever it is, then your mindset goes to Cancun on three, right? I want to bring up something. I just did a little bit of digging while you were talking back to the Phillies, Kev. Mm. We are at the point now. The Phillies have eight series left to play, okay? Like 24, 25 games. Eight series, okay? 
Can I tell you who their series are against? I'd love to know. Yeah, I think you would. And then maybe you click plus 550. Um, Here are the eight series left, okay? And tell me how you view these teams that they have to play left. Uh, So next up for them is the Mets. I know the way you feel about them, right? That's one series they can win, right? Then after that, the Boston Red Sox. You like them in that series, right, Kev? So that's two of the eight that look good so far. Then they have an ironic six-game set against the Miami Marlins. So that's two that we're talking about. That's when they're going to make it up. They are at Miami, you know, from the 10th to the 14th and playing like seven games. So that's, in essence, four series, all of which I think you like. Then they go back and play the Mets again. That's the fifth of eight series, Kev. They are on a roll, potentially, with this schedule. Then they have Toronto. Okay. Playoff contender. Then right back to Washington, who they're handling. And then they finish at Tampa Bay. That's real. But, Kevin, outside of Toronto and Tampa, outside of two of their remaining eight series, you got to like their chances. The schedule, I think, stacks up for them to uh, be nice. I'm going to bring up the Braves schedule as well. I got it right here. But I got it right here. All right, here. so tell me, what's the gap here? Because that Philly schedule seems uh, manageable, Kev. Yeah. Maybe we found out why the Braves are favored the way they are. Seven Is it series. also manageable? <laughs> it's more than manageable. Washington right, talk to me. at home. Yep. Miami at home. At yeah. Washington, at Baltimore, yeah. at the Mets, yeah. home versus yeah. the Marlins, home versus yeah. the Red Sox. Hey, yeah. that's it. Why did they get all of their good games out of the way? I mean, listen, that's <laughs> you got to give them credit. Like, but that's why that number. And you know what, though, Dane, this is why we talk these things out. Now, I still Absolutely. think that the five eighty number there is a monster number, but they they are looking at the Mar- the Braves as a team that's been real good throughout the year, and they are going to be favored. In so what have they played now? You know, 36 baseball games here. Yeah. Okay, so they've got 24 games left. Like, yeah. they're going to be favored in 20 of Most. them? Yep. Absolutely. So, you know, what the interesting part about this exercise that we have done, and we do both believe that the Phillies and Braves have light schedules, you know what the main point, the biggest thing is? They don't yeah. see each other, Kevin. They don't yeah. see each other, and that's going to be the big thing, right? Because if there was a four-game set left, the way they played each other, then that would be your answer right there, right? If any one of those teams goes 3-1 and one against the other in those four games, well, then that is your answer. I do believe the four games against the Marlins in hand makes sense. It could put them to really a true, like, one, one-and-a-half, two games back, and so— Mm-hmm. It's still viable, but I think you are right. Uh, the Atlanta schedule is even softer, shall we say, than the Philadelphia schedule. I want to make one more point, one little note that I saw here in the soccer world, Kev. Um, Neymar test positive for coronavirus. Apparently, he went down to Ibiza after the Champions League final. Yeah, I mean, it, it shows that, you know, this thing is still real and you have to be careful. Um, and it's what it is. Yeah, you know, multiple PSG players went down there, did a little bit of dancing, making it happen, and, you know, they get a little parting gift for their trouble. When we come back, we talk to Ariel Epstein of the morning after to find out what's going on all day here on SportsGrid. 
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez, Kevin Walsh, we do it bright and early from 7 to 9 a.m., but you need to keep it locked on the grid, okay? The morning after, game time decisions, FST, right now with fantasy drafts on the horizon. But the morning after is up next, so we talk for a little bit with our homegirl, Arielle Epstein. And Arielle, I got to tell you, the sports world is busy, right? We got a game seven. We got Major League Baseball with drones flying overhead, the hockey playoffs, soccer games. But you know what? I also have to manage not only you, but your producer at the same time, simultaneously texting me fantasy football draft advice. How did your draft wind up? You know, you were on the clock, hit me up a couple of times. Your boy Fasano did the same exact thing within two minutes. So how'd the draft turn out, Ariel? It was fantastic. I love when my family draft happens before my draft with people that actually play for a lot of money because this draft is all about the winner gets to pick which jersey they like and the runner-up gets a t-shirt that they're choosing sports-related. So it was a really good practice run and no one knew about the Leonard Fournette news until about the fourth round and I took or yeah and I took him in the fifth round I think so the secret lasted. Absolutely done. Uh, Ariel, what do you got coming up, though, uh, today on TMA? We have Yanni coming on the show. Yanni the Greek, he's going to help break down the NFL futures market. And Alyssa Rose, our Sports Grid digital media host, also going to join and talk about the passing of Tom Seaver, which I know hit her family hard. Yeah, absolutely. We mentioned that as well. Rest in paradise to Tom Seaver. Do me a favor, Ariel. I need you to deliver a message to your co-host. Okay, can you do that? Tell him I have to tell him my story about being on 47th Street and 6th Avenue with large sums of cash on my person. I have that experience just the same way as Jared Smith that I heard about from yesterday. But you guys continue to have fun. We'll be watching. Have a great show. The morning after is up next. We'll be right back here tomorrow on the early line. Have a great day, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.